Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, uh, happy listeners. Hope you all are having a fantastic day. This is Brooks, the voice of Ikmer, who is, well, not the smartest, not the prettiest one of the group, but I, I guess he's definitely the, uh, the most half-orc of the group, for sure. I'm going to go with that one. But I do want to bring up something that we had a lot of fun doing, and that was the Drunken Discordly last week, well, two weeks ago at this point, that we were able to do with our patrons, and we had an absolute blast. Thank you, everyone, for, uh, well, supporting us for that and coming out and showing up and talking with us we get a chance to do the drinking game and listen to the episode with the fans but this coming week we are going to do it vacation style in a cabin in the woods and so we are very excited it's gonna be a little bit spooky a little bit uh well Possibly a little bit more drunken than Discordly, but either way, we are very excited. Without further ado, though, this is episode 43, How to Lose a Party in 10 Miles. Like liquor and things that go boo? Then buckle up, listener, cause this one's for you. Prepare yourself for the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Episode 43. And me and Steve just got back from PaizoCon. Sure did. Which was pretty fucking dope. So, you guys left me with a little, uh, little bullshit uh, before before our departure to PaizoCon. You decided to split the fucking party three goddamn ways, thinking I would have the prep time at PaizoCon where I was busy getting drunk for five days to set this session up. So, thank you guys. You, you're you're all the best players. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> Thanks, Griffin. I thought we did a great job. <laughs> You're ruining my life. One episode at a time. Speaking of people that ruined my life, Steve, what are yeah. you drinking, bud? Hey, um, I am drinking water and Mio because I am still roughing it from PaizoCon, but um, we had a good, good friend of ours of the podcast showing up at the uh, meetup we went to Friday night for the Find the Path podcast. Yep. This gentleman by the screen name of Liquidarity... Um, brought out a bag of beers that he had uh, he had he had selected for me and Griff like specifically each brew um and we were pretty late so the bar called last call basically as soon as we rolled up and this was a godsend just to keep me drunk liquidarity you're my boy but he also did stick us with <laughs> this shooter of ghost dog ghost pepper whiskey he asked us to try it on air um, I'm reading the label. This is not a joke. The label says best served chilled, 
this is not going to be chilled. Um, and it continues on to say, not for pussies. Which you certainly are. Which I am. I'm surprised that is on, is on the label in the 21st century, but it is it is the alpha spirit. <laughs> the alpha spirit. Yeah, we'll see about that. Are you trying that? Um, I want to go last because I'm working off a little bit of a cold that I had during PaisoCon. So whoever is drinking from this, do it before me. Okay, speaking of before me, Emily, the person before me, what are you drinking? I have some hot chocolate and Baileys today. Dude, it is almost June. Jesus Christ. Yes, but I have a sore throat, so a nice warm beverage is very soothing, and I'm talking to Elsa's parents today, so it's going to get a little chilly. I need a warm drink. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) <laughs> all about the puns. <laughs> it's a Disney movie. There are so many wonderful songs in it. How could I not get excited? Speaking of excited, Haley, what are you drinking? I am still on the tea beer kick, so I've got the blueberry tea beer. All right. Brooks, you had the honor of receiving a Patreon voted on beverage this week. Mm-hmm. What is it? It, uh, well, has the look of semen, to be honest. Yeah, it really does look like cum. <laughs> but it is uh, ghost ooze ectoplasm, scary ectoplasm. Liquid ghost? Spooky ghost. Liquid, yeah, spooky, spooky ghost. Well, how's that shit taste? Oh, What's in also, it? yeah, uh, it's ouzo, ooze. Yeah, I think that's yeah, right. That's right. Ouzo, yeah, and water. Ouzo and water. Wow. Yeah, so. spooky. If I really didn't like the first one, this one will really make me start liking absinthe. <laughs> no, it? Um, it tastes like absinthe <laughs> or like black licorice. Would you like to wash that down with a splash <laughs> of the Alpha Spirit Ghost Dog Ghost Pepper Whiskey? <laughs> I'm going to need a second. I really, really don't like this. <laughs> Well, I am drinking uh, from Platform Brewing Seltzer Project, uh, their strawberry lemonade seltzer. That's pretty good. All right, we need to drink this whiskey. All right, I'll be first. All right, Brooks after him? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Liquidary, you, you did me real well all week, and then you did me dirty. I, that, I, that remains to be seen. Just, just oh god, softened <laughs> you up. Just softened you up. Oh, that smells really bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god! There's a little burn on the back of that too. Oh, Ooh, that's not good. That's oh fuck. <laughs> oh. What do you mix this with? <laughs> You're supposed to serve it chilled. Oh, God. No mixer. That's, yeah. The, the un- instruction's unclear. Ugh, ugh, you ugh. did not take much off the top of that. No, I, I was real tentative after the smell. We're, we're leaving a lot for you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if I finish that. That's a, probably a hard no. Yeah, it doesn't smell great. Yep. It's warm whiskey that definitely has a burn afterwards. Yeah, Yeah, it's like white whiskey, too. So, like the worst tasting shit. Oh, oh, 
Oh, oh God. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, I'm very oh. bad with, uh, with dark liquor. Um, it just upsets my stomach, well, so good. I'm not it's looking forward whiskey. to this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it looks gross. Wow. Who, baby, that sucks. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's not good. Um, we got about half this shot left. I, I didn't let it touch Emily. my lips, so anybody can drink this. It's you going, Emily. Want to take a taste, Emily? I'm not going to be able to pour it in my mouth without touching it. This is going to be... That's fine. You can just have the rest. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh. It hurts so bad. Give me that cap. <laughs> you got to cap the rest of this shit. You got to cap the rest oh. of that shit. Somebody's going to drink it when they're wasted this weekend. I, oh, I don't even know if I would reach for that. No, that's... Uh, Holy crap! You found one that uh, that the gasoline queen couldn't handle. She's uh, she's sitting with her face in her hands. We really appreciate the gesture. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate yeah. the gesture. But holy shit, was that bad? Speaking of gestures, I need everybody but Brooks to to roll me a d twenty. What was that called, by the way? Ghost dog. Mm. Um, I'm gonna be rolling my like limited to two hundred Pizocon official d twenty. First time I ever roll it. I must be some kind of tough guy or something. Yeah. I bought two sets of dice. That's what that means. Um, I started with a 19 off that die. Hell yeah. I got a 17. I got a six. And I got 10. It's Emily. Uh, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Let's vote on the rest of the ghost dog whiskey. <laughs> ghost dog whiskey. No. Emily, no. That's not can, going on You can there. negate it all right now by just drinking the rest of it. Don't no. do that to her. She's like crying. <laughs> I don't think I could drink that and continue on with the episode. Yeah. I'd be out. Well, <laughs> just consider yourself lucky that you didn't get absinthe. Yeah, absinthe is real great to watch that down with or vice versa. So, guys, we finished last week with you hitting level five. Care to go around the room and tell me one cool thing that you got? You want to start us off, Steve? Are we really just capping it at one? I mean, okay, two. Max two. All right. Well, this one doesn't count. I'm saving something for an RP moment later that's really, really cool. But I got a um, a Inquisitor special ability, um, so I can discern lies for five rounds a day, which would be really fun, especially in this, uh, this, this part of the campaign where lies are a flutter. And then I took a very cool feat. I'm really focusing on what makes Matumbe good as a character. It's the knowledge checks. So I took Obviously. The, the, the dilettante feat. Um, prerequisites, you have to have one to five skill ranks in a knowledge skill. And every one of those you have, you get two free ranks in a knowledge skill. So basically, I have every knowledge skill. I basically got... 20 free skill points this level nice um so all of my all of my knowledges are either eight or ten the vast majority of them are plus ten well i'd say that's a pretty efficient use of your skills yeah trying smart brooks what would it get well uh i'll start with the feet he got bodyguard oh bodyguard yeah see that coming i know right but I, i think it'll be really fun it'll be really fun and then uh, with the armor master, he got uh, damage resistance two because he's wearing uh, medium armor. 
Nice, got the DR. Mm-hmm. I'll have to find some ways to bypass that. Or not. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Haley, what uh, eclipse? The one dagger already does. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So um, I took the feat extra focus power. So I got two focus powers. Do you want to know what those are? Is that too many? Because that's three things. Sure, that's fine. Extra, extra focus power isn't really interesting unless you say what you got with it. I don't know. You said a hard two. So anyways, yeah, I got um, energy blast, which has a range of 100 feet, and it's 5d6 damage. And then I also got a planar ward, which is where I can uh, surround myself with the with another plane, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What's that give you? Like, how does that benefit you? That actually means that any creature that's not native to that plane takes a minus four penalty on attacks against me. And then I also receive a plus four circumstance bonus on any saving throws against things from any creature that's not native to that plane. Not bad. All right, Lyra, what'd you get? Lyra's getting more accustomed to deep ocean living and is getting a little tougher. She gained some natural armor. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. So I was excited about that. Her skin probably looks a little extra scaly now. Chris. <laughs> nice. That's really cool, though. Yeah. Is that from your Oracle mystery revelations? It's from my curse. Oh, your Oracle curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. the curse Very gives cool. me benefit. Wait, please tell me it's just the bottom half that you're starting to scale up. <laughs> <laughs> Requirement must be hit below the waist. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, we ended the episode... As I mentioned before, with you guys splitting the party three ways. Ikmer heading to see Sajira to get more information on this box of surgeon's tools that you'd found. Lyra headed to speak to um, Elsa's dad, potentially, and maybe some other members of Hergstag, people that potentially lived there prior and when the beast was allegedly there. And then Matumbe and Eclipse, what a duo, headed off to Hergstag to get a jump start on some of the investigating at the actual crime scene. So I want to start us off with Ikmer. Oh, but before I do, this is what you get before you rest for leveling. Your HP total does go up, but you don't recover those hit points, so if you'd like to heal yourself to boost yourself the the missing portion, you can. You get any and all feats. You do not get any spells. You get all your skill ranks, obviously. And I'm real 50-50 on this focus power thing. I guess you can have them. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a generous, generous man. Nobody say I'm not a benevolent GM. <laughs> so, Brooks, buddy, what is Ikmer doing? Well, since he is probably very close to the courthouse, I think he would first go talk to the beast. Okay. What's he going to go talk about? Well, we haven't really even figured out his side of the story as far as why he was in Hergstad and... Beyond that, I think just some nice, uh, some some kind words could could uh, really benefit him. Yeah, I think Igmer definitely noticed during the trial the 
because um, you role played it really well, like trying to be strong for him because you could tell that he was really scared. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say after the trial, and that's about where you guys are right now. You would be able to like they would take the beast away, and you know they would put him down in the cells. Mm-hmm. You have relatively unrestricted access, so you can you can go down by yourself if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. So you head down the stairs and you see a beast that maybe looks a little happier than he was in the courthouse. He's almost happy to be back down here away from all the people. And he looks up at you and he kind of smiles, that strange smile that he has where his lips don't really cover his mouth that well to begin with. So it looks like he's really stretching his face. Uh, hey, Beast. How's it going? Hey, man. I... I'm so grateful for... for you and... and everybody for... defending me like that. Thank you. Well, I mean, of course. I mean... We... All of us really can't stand to see someone, well, as, as kind-hearted as you, go completely, well, guilty on this. We really, we're on your side here, so, so really keep that in mind. And while you were up there, just do your best. I know, I, I'm sure it can be really, really hard. I can try, Igmo. I... All, all those people, they they scare me. Trust me, I know exactly how you feel. I, I believe it or not, was once in a uh, similar situation where everyone wants you to, to lose and and it does it does not feel good. And and I wish I could make you well feel better. So if there is anything, I mean just just let me know. We're actually, uh, everyone else is going to investigate Hergstad right now, so you you don't need to worry about that. And if, if we can, I definitely had them uh, bring, well, try to look for your, uh, your, your book there. Are you going with them? Well, uh, I, I will definitely uh, meet up with them later, but... I'm not sure, well, depending on a, f- a few things, but definitely going to try. Ikma, I lived in the Tangled Briar by the, the lake there. That's where my book would be. All right, all right, perfect. I, I'll definitely let them know, and that'll be the first place we go. Thank you. Of course, of course. And on top of that, we definitely are uh, investigating, well, I guess the the town itself. We know that it's empty now, but can can I at least hear your side of what happened and, you know? I could tell you that. I was friends with... A, a girl named 
Elsa. She wasn't afraid of me, but I I told her to keep me a secret. I I knew that her parents wouldn't want her to be around a, a monster like me. So, uh, but she she was she was nice to me. One of the only people. One one day she didn't meet me out. We were we were supposed to meet by where I live, and she never came. So I went looking. I I saw her. She was walking toward the outskirts of town, and and there was, I I, I think it, uh, it it was a it was a ghost. It I couldn't get there fast fast enough, and and he starts to kind of you you see him cry again and you recognize that it does look like he's laughing Mm -hmm. and he continues she fell and I I tried to swing at it but my fist went right through I knew even if her parents hated me they would they would want to know what happened to their daughter. I picked her up and, and brought her to them. Her dad flew into a rage and the townsfolk, they they chased me out. I, I ran into the swamp and, and I... I swore I I would never deal with people again because they hate me. Oh man, that I I I can't even imagine what it would be to lose somebody that close, and that that sounds awful. I'm. I'm genuinely very more upset about that. But thanks for sharing. And well, what uh something I can definitely well say that's good is that we've fought plenty of ghosts before. So I I think I think the rest of the the gang will be definitely be able to handle it. I can handle being blamed for a, a lot, but not for Elsa. Please, Igmer, find out what took her. Absolutely. And, you know, just to help me think even harder about it, 
Ikvar öppnar sig för att säga, you wanna sit? <laughs> well, Beast, we're definitely, we're, we're gonna continue doing our best and we can tell that, I can tell that this is really important to you, so we're, we're gonna, we're gonna make sure that we're, uh, that it, Well, we're going to prove that you did not kill Elsa, and I believe you. I'll do everything I can to make sure you're not, and we're going to go find your book in the Bramblewood. Thank you, Ikma. I think with that, he kind of, he looks down, and he looks like he's kind of deep in thought at this point. Perfect. Um, Would you like to... Go catch back up with Sejira. Yes. Okay, so you head to the the square that um, that you know her and the rest of the Crooked Kin have been hanging out with, where you met up with her before. Uh, with an easy scan around the square, you can see that um, her tent appears to be occupied, or her um, her wagon appears to be occupied. So. She's likely there. Hello, hello. And she would kind of poke her head out, and all you see is her head peek past the curtain. She, uh, oh, Ikmer. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I, 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 I just adore seeing you. Thank you. Um, well, oh, unfortunately, again, I don't have too much time, but I definitely want to go over, you know the. The, the whole Prince of Wolves thing in, a, in just a minute. Well, I, uh, I do have news for you, if you're, uh, about your, um... And she pulls out the scissors that you had lent her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found, uh, this, uh, Vlada, her name was, I believe, I asked around for the, um, the woman with the, with the red hair and the green scarf, and, and uh, I was pointed in the direction of her house, so... I knocked on the door and lo and behold she was home. Uh, via the conversation I showed her these um these scissors and she remembered um who who had bought this case. Oh that's great information. It um it was a man named Redenish. He uh he actually runs a runs a shop called uh, the Left Tool. And it was, uh, it's, it is in the, the surgeon's flats. Radanish, huh? Yes, Ikmar, and I actually, I had enough time to follow up with him as well. Um, but he is a very stern man, and I, I tried to get, um, this information, um, because he no longer had, obviously, the, the tools as well. He did tell me he sold them, but... He wouldn't tell me who. He he seemed very protective of his clientele. So I was wondering if, you know, if I'm not very intimidating, not very um, scary. I, I didn't feel I should go in there and cause a fuss, but that's as far as I got. Oh, that's, that's very good of you. This is great information. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know you're in a hurry, Ekmar. I yeah, I know you're um you're following up on this trial but 
I need to borrow you for maybe five or ten minutes. Absolutely. I'm I'm all well. I would say ears, but I mean these are these are just ugly little things. <laughs> They're not that bad, Igmar. Well, thank you. And she would lead you across the square, actually, to a less a less carnival atmosphere tent. A big tent nonetheless, but it's drab and gray. And she leads you inside. You see a bunch of kind of large, hard-looking men, uh, some women that almost have, like, scarves and, like, glitter and look kind of gypsy-esque is one way to describe them. Mm -hmm. Um, And... The men at first appear to uh, smile at Sajira in a knowing way like they know her, uh, but they look at you with some suspicion. It seems like they're a little on edge with you walking into the tent. And before they actually get a chance to, I mean, they look like they almost start to start to shuffle in, like they might make a little bit of hubbub in here until this old woman appears and and she she kind of hobbles up to you and she just smells kind of the air around you oh uh, i i mean i i i hope it i don't smell like wet dog but <laughs> <laughs> you do smell kind of how I expected you to. My name is Josette de Kron. It's a pleasure. You must be Ikmer. Sajira has told us something about you. What was that last name again? The Kron. Oh. I thought her last okay. name was okay. Kron. <laughs> oh, no. Good God. I guess I did cut it a little close. <laughs> One more out. Like, One more I, out. Yeah, I got that, too. Okay. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I hope it's kind of good things, but I this whole thing is very confusing, and and I'm hoping that you can possibly tell, tell me more a little bit. You're... Trust for time, yes. Well, yes, but I, I absolutely want to wanna get, you know, the whole story. I think that we will talk when when you have more time, but just know I, I recognize you. I, I can see it in your eyes. And as she says this, the tent flap closes. And because you're a half-orc, you have dark vision so you can still see around the room. And you know how dark vision, Ikmer is very familiar with this when it goes pitch black. He can only see in these shades of black and white. Mm-hmm. And then in an instant, about half of the people in this room are gone. And wolves replace their spots. And in this black and white, you can see the glow. You still see it in this brilliant shade. Well, several brilliant shades of yellows and oranges and greens of eyes looking at you. And the woman smiles and she changes as well into this 
old kind of scraggly looking wolf. You can tell she used to be black, but her muzzle has grayed with age. And then she shifts back like that. I think I know you. (laughs) We'll talk soon. You finish your business here and we'll talk, little prince. And she kind of sends you on your way. Oh, thank thank you so much. Uh, I, I, well, I, I'm actually very excited. And he like closes his eyes real, really hard. And because he knows that Sajira has said that he has like yellow eyes. Yeah. And so he, he just focuses real hard on just his eyes. And it probably looks like he's having a, I don't know, half seizure, mm-hmm. but. Squeezes real hard. Yep. Poops a little. <laughs> uh, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but, Blanking uh, out of his armor. <laughs> but like he, and then he, uh, like right before he walks out, uh, looks back at the the old lady that addressed him. Doesn't know if his eyes are yellow, but gives her a little wink. And the people around him see that they blaze yellow. Fantastic. And he leaves <laughs> the tent. So I'd like to shift to Lyra now. And Lyra, you had decided that you wanted to stay in town for a bit and try to find out some more information about Herkstag because the town has been, or the the village of Herkstag has been abandoned. And the people are now living in Lepidstadt, those that have stayed. Now, Barrister Koppel would have told you that there are roughly five people still in Lepidstadt. The rest of the town has kind of moved on from their bad memories, etc. Two people left, Elsa's father and mother, so you know them to be parents of one of the victims. And these three old ladies, Garrow, Starl, and Flicked. Where would you like to head? You actually have the location of uh, Elsa's parents. Lyra would go there first, especially since she knows that the beast mentioned being her friend. Okay. So you would head to basically the the edge of Lepidstadt, the northern edge. Uh, kind of makes sense because that's the direction that Hergstag is, and these are kind of where the poorer folk of Lepidstadt live. Maybe not destitute, but prior farmers and that kind of stuff would maybe have a little bit, a little bit more land out here to be able to grow a few crops, that kind of thing. Okay. You find the address that, that um, Barrister Koppel would have told you. What are you doing? Lyra will just walk up to the door and knock. So you knock on the door and after a few moments, a man opens it and you can tell from his appearance that he's not very old. He's maybe in his late thirties and that surprises you. Like part of his appearance surprises you because you can see that his hair is gone mostly gray and he looks like he has these worn eyes, maybe some, some crow's feet that kind of 
give off an appearance of someone that's maybe dealt with more than a person of their years. Hello. Um, how can I help you? Hi, my name's Lyra. I'm doing some investigating for the trial of the beast. I have a few questions for you. Hello, Lyra. My, my name is uh, Errol. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, what, what would you ask of a man such as me? I'm hoping to learn a little bit more about your daughter, Elsa. Oh. I was hoping it wasn't about that. I don't... I don't really wish to relive that, if it's all the same to you. I know this must be very painful for you. It will help the town and the trial overall. With your help, we can make sure that whoever is responsible sees justice. I feel like I've already given my testimony to the prosecution. I, I hope that monster burns for what he did to my daughter. And this is where you're going to have to make a diplomacy check to continue the conversation or a bluff check. I'll leave it up to you if you wish to keep it hidden that you are um, acting in defense of the beast. Now, you could try diplomacy as well. Yeah, Lyra is going to try to be honest with this man since she sees that he's hurting a lot, doesn't want to cause more pain. Um, so does she need to say something else or diplomacy yeah, unless? Go ahead okay. And say so. Well, roll your diplomacy and maybe uh, <laughs> act out with that. Yeah, story. true. <laughs> That's a 30. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. I also just finished my ghost ooze. It is taking me this long to finish, like an ounce and a half. Oh, God. Oof. Yeah. I've been washing it down with Daybreak, Wolf's Ridge. I had to really balance it out with something that is not very cheap. good. That's incredible beer. Alira's going to say, I'm here for you. I can help you say goodbye to the pain of the past. We can make sure that nothing like this ever happens to anyone else. I'm going to let you in on a secret. This trial is not fair. And if I don't hear all sides of the story, I'm afraid that an innocent person might be put to death and it won't solve any problems. It won't give you closure and it's just going to keep happening. Okay, Lyra. Uh, what, what would you like to know? We can start with some easy questions. What was Elsa like? Oh, she was... <laughs> So kind, so sweet, but innocent. Innocent, yes. I, I, me and my wife miss her dearly. Did she have a lot of friends? Several children around town, and she would always seem to go off on 
adventures with them, you know, as kids do. So they would sometimes venture off, maybe into the surrounding area unsupervised? From time to time, we, we, we as parents attempted to keep a good eye on them, but there's no, there's no real danger around Hergstag. Of course, you would never assume that something so tragic could happen so close to home. Before the day the beast brought her to you, did you ever see them interacting? I hadn't seen him before that day in the, the sight of what he is. It still shakes me to my bones. I We were trying to keep a, a tighter leash on the kids back then. Um, a couple children had gone missing before my Elsa. Four, to be precise, four had had gone, I believe, when, when the bee showed up with her. And he had her in her, her arms. I, I remember him fucking laughing. He was laughing as he brought her to me. And what's a father to do? I, I chased him. I, I got my, my friends and my, t- my fellow townsfolk to, to run him out of town. We tried to, to attack him directly, but he r- ran off into the swamp. I just, why defend a child killer? I just don't understand. You seem like a nice person. I'm trying to make sure that this trial is fair. If he is a child killer, he will be put to death. I want to make sure that whoever is responsible is brought to justice. I just want to make sure we get the right person. I was in another town called Ravengrow. There was another little girl that was killed, and we brought the man that did it to justice. Well, at least what we thought was justice. What did you think was justice, if you don't mind me asking? Lyra wants to make a sense motive. Sure. (laughs) So, 22? 22... You can tell that he's he's kind of hanging on what what you say. Okay. He's um, he's going to judge you for this. Okay. We caught him red-handed, and he tried to attack us too. In the resulting battle. We killed him. That's a that's a shame, but child killers re- deserve no no remorse. Death was probably a blessing to him. I would have seen him suffer a worse fate than that. That's what we thought at first, but it turned out 
he wasn't acting on his own accord. He was possessed by another creature. We brought an innocent man, our own justice, and it wasn't right. I don't want to see that happen again. I can't let another innocent person die. So I want to make sure that if the beast is killed, it's for a crime he really committed. Okay. Roll another diplomacy, this time at a plus four. Good job, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, you've been crushing it. Oh, but there goes my rolling streak. It's okay. Still an 18. Okay. That is enough. I trust you for that. I haven't told you the whole story, at least as I know it. See, six children went missing. Assumed dead. My daughter was the, the fifth to die. And we drove the beast out after that. Now, one of the one of her little friends, I believe her name was Karen, it said she died in her bed, in her house. She was the sixth child. And as far as we could tell, there were no marks outside. No forced entry, it seemed. Now, we're not detectives by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't I don't think that seems like something the beast would be capable of without leaving a mark. He's not a creature of great skill. I agree with you there. One other thing, if if you're investigating this, be careful. We left that town because the ghosts of our children haunted us. Yes! You freak. <laughs> That's not good for us. <laughs> no, it's good for me. They could not rest, it seemed. And... We wouldn't have even known that some of them were dead if their ghosts hadn't come back to their parents. So some of the bodies were never recovered? The only ones we ever found were Elsa and Karen. That's so horrible for your whole town. I'm so sorry for all of your losses. Now, if you're investigating and you want to check it out for yourself. Karen's house was the furthest west in town. I believe her father boarded it up before we all left. Uh, Not something that all of us did. We knew we weren't coming back. I think he thought maybe that the town would recover and wanted to keep his belongings safe. That's really all I have for you, though, Lear. I I wish you well. Thank you for your help. Is there anyone else here in Lepidstadt you think would 
be good to talk to? There were, there's only my wife, and she knows about as much as me. And then uh, three old crones from from town. I, I believe they're living in the windmill, uh, actually not too far from here, on this side of town. Uh, their names were Gero, Stahl, and Flit. Did they know the children? Not particularly well. I mean, they were they were nice old ladies, but they they might have known the happenings of town. They were quite the gossip, but that's that's all I really you know know about them. I mean, maybe we had them over to dinner once or twice, but they were just neighbors. Okay. Well, I'll see if they have anything that they would like to add. Okay. So he would wish you well and send you on your way. Are you going to Garrow, Starl, and Flitch? Yeah, especially if they weren't too far away. Sure. So you could uh, go to the lighthouse. Um, an old woman. Wasn't it the windmill? Windmill. Or sorry, yeah. <laughs> Did I say lighthouse? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now you're by the sea. And then it jumps right in. Yeah. Gosh darn it. <laughs> it was Never to be seen again. A lot, a lot of ships come into port in Lepistat. <laughs> <laughs> so, you make it to this windmill. Uh, you had kind of the direction uh, that you were told. Knock on the door, I imagine. And um, one of these old ladies, and she's not overly old, but you can tell she's, you know, maybe late 50s, early 60s, uh, would answer the door. Uh Yes, how how can I help you? Hello, my name's Lyra. I was sent by Elsa's parents. Ah, yes, Elsa. I'm doing a bit of investigating into the trial of the beast, and I would just love to get your side of the story of what happened in Herkstad. Ooh, and she, like, kind of uh, bridges her fingers. Uh, oh, you're an insider in the, in the trial of the beast, eh? I'd love to pick your brain about how that trial is going. I'm actually going to be um, on stand tomorrow. Oh, how exciting. I would love to hear what you're going to be talking about. Well, uh, the happenings in, in Herkstag are tragic, tragic. Uh, we lost several children, and each night they would, you know, when we lost one, they'd be gone for a day or two, and then they'd come back. They wouldn't leave their parents' house after that. Scary, scary circumstance. But uh, we we found that the missing children were attributed to the beast. He he brought one of one of the missing children's bodies right to our doorstep and mercilessly dropped her by by our parents. It was terrifying. He was chased out of town after that. But the rest of the bodies? Of the children? As far as I know, we found two. We never found the rest. I assume they were lost in the swamp. Did anyone ever go looking for them? Yes, yes. Uh, but it it was a short search because... You know, once once a child's ghost shows up in your house, 
you expect the worst. Were the ghosts haunting the whole town or just each family? As far as I heard, the the families uh, left their children's ghosts behind. I, I didn't hear of... I mean, everybody wanted to leave that, that misery, but I didn't hear of any of them being followed when we made it to Lepidsad or when we moved on. How did you know the children? Oh, I just... Uh, as an old single woman, you, <laughs> you get to know um, just the... the Young families in town, and they—they uh, they were lovely, lovely children, sweet, sweet as could be. Was there anything that connected the kids together, other than the fact that they were young? I don't believe so. I—they I, were some of them friends. I can't imagine there was much more than that. None of them were related, if that's what you're asking. Did you see many of the ghosts? No, no, I, I never saw a single one. I just heard the heard the stories. And when, when the ghosts started piling up, and everybody started leaving town, I, um, well, me and Starl and Flitch didn't didn't want to be there alone, left alone in Herkstag. Without the farms, I, I don't think we would have been able to sustain ourselves there anyway. It's a little far from town for um, three ladies up in years to be making it back and forth very frequently. Did your sisters experience any of these or know the children? Um, I think Starl was maybe uh, friends with uh, the one, one boy... Marcus, I could I could call her down. Star, get down here! And you'd hear like <laughs> thump 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 uh, as uh, Starl moves as fast as her stubby little legs can uh, bring her down the stairs. What is it? Oh boy! <laughs> Hi there, my name's Lyra. I'm investigating the Beast trial and. I was told that you knew Marcus. Carol, when did you start letting Jehovah's Witnesses come to the door? No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Those were those were around in uh, <laughs> fourteen whatever. It's canon. You know the goddess Jehovah-ly. <laughs> goddess of non-birthdays. Yeah, she has no holidays. <laughs> no holidays on the calendar. <laughs> no holidays. So what? What? What'd you ask of me? What was Marcus like? Oh, wonderful boy. Curious boy. He, um, he was, he was the one that would, you know, chase bugs all over town and search under rocks. And, uh, he always had, he always had one of those, um, one of those wooden, uh, sticks that he, he just, well, I guess that's the only kind of stick you can have, but, um, <laughs> yeah, whack trees and, and hit scarecrows and. Uh, run all around town. Um, fuck. Clever boy. Uh, what a oh, clever. Clever. <laughs> oh, clever. Sounds about as clever as Ickmer. <laughs> and twice as tough. Oh. But yeah, that's what she'd tell you. I mean, she 
she basically knew him because uh, their their houses were next to each other. Okay. So he would venture off in the woods or kind of in the lake area? Like I said, he would um, he would run around kind of like the cornfields and, and that kind of thing. So what happened when he went missing? Well, his parents were worried, worried sick. Uh, re- reasonably, obviously. But we were worried too. Right? Um, till he came back. I saw him. I saw him, he passed right through my house, right through my kitchen. I was, I was cooking something for me and the girls. You know, we get hungry, uh, knitting circles and all that. I, you wouldn't know anything about that. So uh, exhausting, knitting. Yeah, well, you know, oh. sometimes you knit till real, real <laughs> late. You knit till real late and, uh, you know, Garrow's not one for talking, but I should flitch. Who knows? She's up in the air. She's spacey. So I got to keep everybody grounded with a nice snack or two. So, um... So I was actually into the kitchen preparing for uh, for the girls to come over, and um, this little shadow of a boy, I, I could hear the, the pitter-patter of feet come through my kitchen, and I looked over, and um, what stared back at me was, well, it was Marcus, but he was all twisted and strange. Strange how? Uh, he had these open pits where his, his eyes would be. The rest of him was a, looked like a shadow. Couldn't really, couldn't really see him. He was, almost looked like he was on some kind of fire. Like it was like this black shadowy fire and. Almost had a heart attack, you know, women at my age. Of course, that would be terrifying. But he went right through the damn wall uh, towards towards his parents' house. I could tell right away it was Marcus. Did all the children come back like that? As far as I heard, yeah. How terrible. Oh, miserable business. But... That's that's all I really know about it, Lyra. Um, you know, you could come in for. Uh, do you knit? Do you have time? Do you, do you come would, in and knit if you want to. I would love to learn how to knit. We have salt water. Oh, sometimes ladies, uh, we get a little, little uh, too hydrated. We need a little salt water to even it out. You know the way to my heart. Sometimes you gotta balance it. I don't know. I don't know. Silly, silly old old gals. I'm gonna tell some tall tales. Unfortunately, I can't stay. As you know, uh, the next part of the trial is tomorrow, and I need to do a little bit more investigating. Oh, yes, yes. No, no need to explain yourself to us. Uh, go enjoy yourself in your youth. Thank we'll be here knitting if you need us. If I have any more questions, I'll be sure to come back. It would, it's a pleasure, Lyra. It was uh, wonderful to meet you. All right, and Lyra would. You don't even want to know what Flish voice is going to be. <laughs> Save it for the trial. <laughs> for the trial. Is, that, is that because you haven't thought of it yet? Because <laughs> that one took a lot of planning. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, Lyra, you leave the house. Now... Lyra Nickmer, I'm going to say those two moments took roughly 
an hour and a half to two hours for you to get to one point in town and another point in town and talk to all the people and back to the stables. So the other two characters have about two hours lead on you. So they're likely nearly arriving at Hergstag as you depart. And you expected this. This is why you split up. Mm-hmm. We change gears and we get back with the dynamic duo. I would like to consider us the gruesome twosome. The gruesome twosome of Matumbe and Eclipse who are, uh, we're going to, we're going to time shift back a bit who are on the road to Hergstag. And they're kind of riding side by side. Yeah. How long uh, is this trip approximately? It is roughly two hours. The whole trip? There. Okay. It's 10 miles on horseback. It's not terrible. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that we'd be just like riding and kind of talking, uh, but probably not much besides about the weather and like how nice the ride is Hmm. at first. I should have picked a different steed. This one has a limp. <laughs> I mean, that would be why it is so slow. Ten miles in two hours is not good. Not great. No, that's terrible. <laughs> Dragon ass. I was just trying to. I was thinking. I was thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. Emily is like really, like I mean, relatively fast and. She can definitely do that. <laughs> Horse pace over here. <laughs> They're at a trot. <laughs> yeah. Sorry I'm not a horse boy. I don't know how fast horses go. But that's how long it takes you to get there. Because I want there to be a time d- dilation for you guys fucking up and splitting the party. Well, if we get into combat, we'll only have to hold them off for a couple hundred rounds before uh, the rest <laughs> of the team shows up. All right, so we're chatting. Yeah, um, I would, I would, I mean, like again, it'd probably be general pleasantries uh, for the most part, and then at some point, Eclipse would probably just like kind of go quiet and just kind of watch Matumbe for a while. And she actually she notices uh, Matumbe's got a, a small uh, rip probably from like the various battles that we've had he has a small rip in his uh, upper shoulder on his cloak she would say um hey Matumbe by the way we probably don't need to stop or anything but I see uh, your cloak must have gotten a little ripped on that shoulder there and I I'm, I guess that's probably your skin but I'm not really sure because it looks fairly patterned Oh, he looks over his shoulder. Hmm, must have ripped it in the in the Manticore fight. Or maybe one of those blood caimans got me good. But yes, I, uh, now you know something about me that nobody else, I would say, in this continent knows. I, uh, I'd like to show you something, Eclipse. And he kind of, he unclasps the cloak um, it's wah, naked. Wah, wah. Yep. Baby. Yep. <laughs> on, <laughs> on, <laughs> on horseback. Um, this is erotic. I'm erotic. Go- I'm going to start with my bottoms and work my way up. <laughs> um, where's Horace when you need him, right? Oh, he's there. On a pony. 
<laughs> All right. Um, but so he unclasps his cloak and unbuckles the top piece of his armor. There's a, I'm assuming there's like a tunic under it uh, that maybe got ripped as well. Um, and he'll unbutton the top piece of his tunic and kind of expose his chest to Eclipse. And what she sees is a giant tattooed spiral directly over his heart, a la um, Phrasma. And surrounded, surrounding the spiral, and she can only assume that it's his entire torso up to his shoulders, um, he is tattooed with words. Um, and those words, they're in several different languages. One of them you probably recognize as common, obviously, um, but then there's several other ones I'm not sure that you might recognize, might not. Um, one of them is Polyglot. I've got Osiriani, um, Daemonic, and Abyssal. Abyssal. There you go. So you can read where it says mom a couple other times. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are passages from um, the, the Bones Land in a Spiral. So maybe, maybe you could kind of deduce that if you saw a couple words about birth and death and prophecy. Um, it says... You know, a, a, a long time ago, I, I learned how to tattoo myself from a man in, in, in the Mwangi Expanse. In the early days of my connection to the Lady of Graves, I was known to walk the Expanse of the Mwangi, assisting in births, consecrating the dead, and balancing the two. You see, the Mwangi is rich in both. Yet it itself is a chaotic beast of a land, constantly fighting its own balance. This constant fight, fight, fight can drown the innocent one moment and bring glory to the villainous the next. It became my passion and my calling to help the innocent hold on tight to what's left of their time, to root out those hidden away from Phrasma's design. We as mortals cannot define her plans, so why do we fight our own mortality? Tis a line we must all cross one day. One afternoon during these early years of my devotion, I was drawn in by smoke on the horizon, originating from a monastery or temple of sorts, populated by a heavily tattooed sect of Bekia people. The temple was smoldering, but as I approached, I discovered the temple's populace strung up in concentric rings around their place of worship. I believe what had been done to them would be known in the north as the act of crucifixion. Littering the temple were corpses of Charuka, demon-spawn apes who plague the jungles of the Muwangi and venerative destruction to worship their gorilla king, Ruthizek, and through him, their demon lord, Angazan. Clearly, some great raids had been conducted here by the demon apes, which had resulted in the death by torture of the temple's surviving inhabitants. I scoured the dead. My horse seems to be limping again. <laughs> But I only found one tattooed Bekiel left alive on his cross. I took the man down from his bindings, broken legs and all. The pain had made him delirious. The battle had, before that had made him weak. I spent the next 40 days 
digging the graves of his fellow worshippers, and the corresponding forty knights treating the man's wounds. Jesus, how many died? It's <laughs> uh, a lot. Fifteen minutes per. Well, at that point, he hadn't quite gotten up to that fifteen-minute cadence, so you know. Fair enough. He he had, he had a lot to learn. Try as I might, his legs would not set properly. But those long nights allowed us to teach each other of our faiths. I spoke of Phrasma's will and her impartial judgment of all souls. He educated me on the worship of the demon lord Dagon, a herald of which his Bakia sect had been trying to summon to annihilate these Charuka, whose wanton destruction hurts the slave trade of the Bekia. We taught each other much in those forty nights, but what I learned about his faith was overshadowed by two lessons he taught me. First he taught me how to read and speak the tongue of the demon kind, a language known as Abyssal, and how to seal magic in the art of tattooing holy script upon the body. At the end of that fortieth night I had become close to the man, but try as I might, the man would not repent in the name of Phrasma. Though robbed of his ability to walk, he vowed to continue his people's slave practice. He vowed to continue to attempt to summon spawn of the demon lord Dagon. And worst of all, though unspoken, he vowed to never stop tipping life in the balance of death. He would protect no soul and atone for not one action. I left him that night taking with me his tattooing needles, his inks, and his lessons. Oh, how I smiled that day as I hammered him back onto the cross. No longer would this sect of the Bakia people spit in Phrasma's image. I had ended what Enzagen's demon ape hordes had unwittingly begun, a battle between life and death in the Moangi. And as you can see, Eclipse, my power comes from the one who will judge all lives, even the gods themselves. One day, hopefully a long, long time from now, if we all do get out of this, the two of us will die. But when we do, you will also learn, just as I have, that death is not defeat, though you will be judged accordingly by your actions. <laughs> now I'm sorry I got carried away in my own story. But none of my tattoos that you see today, they, they don't currently hold any magical power, for I, I am still learning of my faith every day. But I have found it is worship enough to adorn myself with the words from my book. Words of life and birth are in my native languages of polyglot and common upon my body. Words of prophecy, well, admittedly a form of worship I'm not well versed in, in the exotic script of Osirian, and words of death in the brutal slashing characters of that demon language abyssal, for occasionally, ironically, beauty lies in brutality, just as it does in death. Yeah, Matumbe, I actually recognize some of the passages in abyssal. Oh, you recognize these specific passages? Uh, so you've read the book? No, I haven't read the book, but I, I can read... Uh, you've talked enough about it. Trust me, you've talked <laughs> enough about it. I also... I can read Abyssal, so I'm familiar with at least what they say. But you say you were restoring balance by putting him back on that cross. Absolutely. But did you just want to see him suffer? 
Because if you really wanted to restore balance, you could have just killed him and put him up there. Hmm. But instead, you decided to let him suffer. That's a fair point, and I guess I saw it myself as fulfilling the way he was supposed to go. If I had never arrived, he would have died on that cross, and I left with him dying on that cross. I smiled to myself at the irony of the situation, not in any sort of personal pleasure. No part of you wanted that? Mm-hmm. Even though he stood for against what you stand for? I think maybe a more, I hate to use the word primitive, maybe uh, emotional part of myself that had been part of me years and years ago could have, could have perchance delighted in that, but not today and certainly not when the act itself happened. Okay. I mean, I guess tell yourself what you want. But this, that doesn't seem like something that someone who didn't want to see that happen would do. You see things your way and I see them mine. I I fear Eclipse will never agree on everything, but we do have a shared purpose, at least temporarily in this world. It's, you know, I, I don't know that the two of us get along quite the way that I get along with some of the others in our group, or the way you and others in our group get along, but... We are united in our purpose for now, and I I do appreciate your company from time to time. You bring me an intellectual insight that it's difficult to see in oneself. A new perspective, per se. Yes, I think it's good. I think it's good that we balance each other, if you would say. Mm -hmm. You are learning much. Because I think sometimes you need to open your mind a little bit more. Hmm. In, in, I think you're in very, what ways? I think you're very... I understand how important the Holy Book of Phrasma is to you. But you also push it on everyone. That makes me question how open you are to anything else. Hmm, this is fair. My ways are direct as opposed to some. I have yet to heard, hear you proclaim your goddess at all, except for the time that we talked before, but it is very much in line with your your way of worship. Mine's a little different, but do not think that I am not learning a lot from this discussion. Maybe there are ways to influence the balance of the world that are a little less heavy-handed. Yeah, maybe, maybe we sit and think for a bit. Hmm. Well, you know I have two or three more stories that I would like to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, no, please well, don't. So, <laughs> so, so, so we talk for a while and Matumbe uh, says two or three stories that absolutely crush. They're great. Um, Everybody claps, <laughs> even the horses. Yep. Eclipse does not listen <laughs> at all. <laughs> Yep. All right. Um, so we travel. You travel and you make it to Hergstag. You approach and it's maybe five or six o'clock. Just beginning, you know, the sky is beginning to take that orange hue for the incoming dusk. There are many 
trees around you. The area is swampy. You approach this town on a narrow path. And before you get to town, well done, gang. I don't want to belittle anybody's performance this evening, and so I would like to give everybody a hero card. Good job, Jack. Good job. All right, I'll I'll pull straight from the top. What everybody get? All right, I, I pulled first. This looks like a, a very evil card. It's the Waxworks. Looks like someone's about to get boiled alive in wax. That's certainly evil. Nice. I got the Fiend, and it is a large tentacled sea monster eating a human, and also evil. Ugh. Sounds a little reminiscent of Dagon. Little bit, yeah. I got the peacock. It's a really ugly peacock, but I got the peacock. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's that thing's rough. Yeah. What alignment is that? I don't know. I think it's neutral True if neutral. it doesn't have a dot, yeah. True neutral. I got the carnival, which is a bunch of creepy carnies scaring a poor small child. And that oh, is also neutral. Boy. Yes. Okay. So you guys approach, and eventually the path becomes too difficult for even your horses to traverse. I imagine you tie them up to a tree or something as you head on, or maybe you leave them to graze. That's up to you. But Matume would probably just leave them to die. Oh, burn. Oh, <laughs> Can't travel any further. Might as well put them down. And he's going to swift action Bane horse. (laughs) (laughs) So you leave the horses. You enter town. And the reeds have kind of grown up. And Eclipse, you're finding it hard to even see that far over them because they're very tall. Matumbe, you're not having as much trouble. The ground is soft and muddy. It looks like this path has been nearly completely overgrown. Make a perception check. Not great. That comes out to a 12. 28. Natural 20. Nice. So with a 28 eclipse, you see something, um, and maybe it's because you're so close to the ground, you see something gleam kind of through the brush ahead of you. Hey, Matumbe, there's something up ahead, but keep low, quiet, and let's go. Okay. And I'll lead the way. Okay. You see what looks like kind of a bauble or a pad. It looks like kind of elevated from the ground. A what? It almost looks like a circular, like, disc. Okay. Just, like, on the ground? Like almost like a little bit above, like the mud. Okay. It's like shiny. Yeah. Okay. It's, you can tell it's metal. Uh, I mean, Eclipse is gonna do what she does and walk over and pick it up, and I know that's gonna be a mistake because you're staring at me. <laughs> yeah. So Eclipse <laughs> does what she does, and this is the pad of a bear trap. Now, now Eclipse reached down with her arm 
And so it basically, her being small, engulfs her up to the shoulder. Cool. (laughs) Fucking cool. I think a 29 hits you. Yeah, no shit. Okay. Um, So you're going to take... Thirteen points of damage as it closes on your arm, and the Matumbe. You feel kind of in the small of your back. This chill. Okay, that's a huge fucking problem. See what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) 